0: Well, good afternoon, everybody, and welcome back to Live Longer, the podcast, as we continue our journey into exploring how to live longer, healthier life. The topic for today's discussion is how digital technology has changed the way we deliver care to patients and the way patients receive care. And we want to learn about the good, the bad and the ugly. I mean, clearly the pandemic has forced a change. Nearly 50% of all consultations are conducted remotely. But how have the digital tools of which there have been a plethora been introduced into the NHS and the wider health sector? And how have they impacted both the lives of the clinicians using them and that of the patients? So I've got a lovely guest in studio, a fellow countryman, country lady even, She is an advanced nurse practitioner at Milton Keynes University Hospital, formerly working at University College Hospital London and a trailblazer in her own department for innovating and empowering patients and using digital tooling to enable both clinicians and patients have a better experience. So join me in a very warm welcome of Nicola Daly. Nicola, you're very welcome.
1: Thank you, Millie. Thanks for having me.
0: You're very welcome. And thanks for taking time out of your busy day today. I appreciate it. And I thought we'd open up this discussion by just framing the question again, as I mentioned in the interview, the pandemic has really changed the way we all work. And there's been a plethora of digital tooling. And and how has that changed your working life and that of the patients that you served at Milton Keynes Hospital?
1: So I think, yeah, you've made a very good point. Unfortunately, through no choice of our own, we've kind of been railroaded into using other sources of delivering care, because obviously we weren't in a position to give, you know, face to face care in the way that we would normally. So I think we've all had to embrace certain different ways of working. So a lot more telephone contact. I know some places use video consultations and things like that but then it's also the opportunity for other sources of of digital tools to come about and working with Iona and using that and being allowed to be part of a pilot to test and see, are there other ways that we can deliver high quality care to patients? So I think we've we've used lots of different ways of contacting our patients over the pandemic and certainly digital technology has now played a huge part in the care that we deliver. And from my personal experience, it's been a very positive experience and I've enjoyed, you know, getting to know the technology and using it on a day-to-day basis.
0: Very good. Well, just for complete disclosure for our listeners. Iona is a digital tool that enables clinician-patient engagement, and, and in fact, I'm the CEO and co-founder of Iona, and we're conducting a pilot with you at Milton Keynes. So, do you maybe want to tell our listeners a little bit about what we're actually doing and how we're trying to make your life and that of the life of the patient a bit easier using this technology?
1: So, I mean, obviously, uh, Millie, being a clinician yourself, you're in a very good position to see and and. Discover ways that we can treat our patients and treat them at a very high level despite not being able to see them face to face. So, Iona is something that we were really keen to get on board with because we need to give our patients a lot of information. We need to contact our patients in lots of different platforms, whether it be educating around treatment, whether it be chasing them up for a blood test, whether it be giving them lots of different sources of information on lifestyle and diet, exercise in terms of their condition. So Iona allowed us to deliver this information to the patients in a secure fashion and also in a a way that is very user friendly to the patient. So our patients ages range from teenage to elderly and Iona is is just an excellent way of delivering, I find, information to patients in a very user friendly way, actually.
0: Mm. Well, I'm very pleased to hear that because, as you know, I'm passionate about giving the right information at the right time, you know, a personalised approach to giving information to patients, because I think that's how we will enable people live longer, healthier lives. And from my own personal experience as a clinician, I've seen the gaps that we have in terms of having the tools at our fingertips, but also as a mother of a child who was very sick, you know, I struggled to find the right information for my child, even though I was a clinician and a clinician scientist. So I always felt what hope did the regular person who didn't have a medical background have. So I'm pleased to hear you say that. But stepping away from Iona and just talking about more general digital technology now in, in the workplace, I mean, there has been a lot of opposition, say, from colleagues that many of our patients particularly in rheumatology are older and they don't have iPhones I mean have you found a resistance among older patients or certain groups of patients to use technology?
1: I've been pleasantly surprised no I mean you will always have an odd patient here and there but that's true of even when you're seeing them face to face who do need a little bit more impulse who need a little bit more Um, information and a little bit more time to go through things and that can be for various different reasons. It can be their understanding, it can be their age, it can be whether they've got you know other comorbidities that don't allow them to absorb information as well so I think you're always, despite what kind of platform you use, I think you'll always have your patients who do need a little bit more in terms of input and time so I have to say personally we haven't had much resistance. You will get people who use digital technology but then we'll maybe contact you to say I need a little bit more help. Those patients are very few and far between and you know we're still happy to provide that but the patients will let us know when, when that's needed and we'll obviously provide that as and when required. But it would go on an individual patient to patient basis.
0: That's good and presumably hopefully you're saving time by using a digitally enabled pathway and so the time you save on say nine patients for that one out of ten patients you've got extra time to give that patient. Would you think that might be Applicable?
1: A hundred percent. And I think coming at it from a nursing perspective, we do tend to do a lot of repetitive work in clinics. So education around particular medications, education around particular treatments and conditions. So for us, being able to do have that information already available, which you can then send out to patients. So not only are you giving all of the patients all of the same information, you're also giving them the up-to-date information. And for us as nurses, you know, having a bit of extra time and using your time wisely and having good time management is really, really important. So you can definitely save yourself a little bit of time with the repetitive work you're again you're going to have individual cases where they need a separate conversation and they don't fit the mold as it were however I have found that using digital technology can really help in terms of sending out big amounts of information to lots of different people so from that perspective and from a practical perspective it's been fantastic
0: Good. And tell me, just to give our listeners some sense, how much time per patient do you think you could save on average? Not, not for the patients who need more face-to-face, but for patients where there is an element of repetitive information, who are, you know, au okay fait with the process and who are able to consume and digest it in a more digital format.
1: So, I mean, your average patient who needs education around whether it be condition or medication and a new patient will need quite a bit of time, actually. So any of those educations and conversations can take anything between 15 to 30 minutes where sending the information digitally will take up to one minute so you're saving yourself hours of time on a day-to-day basis if you had five or six patients that you need to educate you send all of that information to those patients in one go and it saves you huge amounts of time and as nurses we never have enough time and we're often working over our hours or longer than we should not taking lunch breaks. so for, for us it's saving us hours per day definitely.
0: Good. And improving your well-being also. I'm glad to hear because you shouldn't be missing your lunch break, Nicola.
1: <laughs> yeah, I probably shouldn't say that out loud, but I think a lot of that will resonate with a lot of people within the NHS. So, you know, we definitely work, you know, above and beyond, certainly uh, in, in my personal experience. So for me, having that streamline, having that documentation and it's, it's being saved in the patient file. So you know that you've documented your conversations, you know that you've documented the information that's being sent out. So not only is it saving you time, it's giving you good quality documentation and all of the information that you're giving people is the same and it's up to date. So for me, that's definitely delivering a much higher quality of care in some aspects, but again, tailoring it to the individual patient needs.
0: So what I'm hearing is more personalised approach that does save time, but also is of high quality. So I'm, I'm really pleased to hear that. But What about the naysayers? I mean, you're obviously a trailblazer, you're innovative, you're willing to step up and embrace a new way of working. I mean, there are many colleagues who don't come along the journey so easily. Have you found that they're looking at what you're doing and seeing that you're getting your lunch breaks now and maybe (laughs) more willing to adopt it?
1: Uh, I I definitely think so. And I will make a full admission. I'm not very technological. In fact, it's a a bit of a running joke within my circle of family and friends. But I find it very user friendly. And if I can use it, I, I feel like a lot of people can. And I definitely think that my colleagues outside of my nursing team have seen how easily it can be used and how quickly it can be used. And even sitting in clinic, you can use it. And I sat in with a consultant recently and sent information out while the patient was sitting there. And they were really, they were really enthusiastic to know more. So I definitely think people who are unsure could have a look and and try. And and, and obviously if if you don't feel comfortable, then great. But It's worth it's worth doing because we don't know in this current climate whether we're going to go through a similar situation again. And if you can deliver high quality remote care to patients, then what's to stop patients moving away and still receiving their care or patients who can't physically come to the hospital for whatever reason? And I just think it really opens up your service to everybody people who are working, people who've got school, people who've got university, people who move away for whatever reason for a short period of time, it still delivers that really high quality care that patients would like if they were sitting right in front of you. So for me, it's kind of the best of both worlds, really.
0: That's a really, really good point. You know, the pandemic, for all its torture on society, there are some benefits that they are able to deliver service at different points of the time, the day, and for people who who can't actually easily access. As you say, if you are a busy working mother or father and you can't get into an appointment at nine o'clock on a, a Friday morning, this is another way that you can access high quality care. I love that
1: definitely and with a background of working with adolescents and young people with rheumatological conditions often they're in college university they can't make the appointments or they can only speak after a certain time of the day i think for 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 the for that group of patients as well it's amazing and young people love technology and they like to access information online and i think as well you know again that that really covers the basis in terms of your audience as well
0: mm, very good and and then with you sort of peer-to-peer mentoring or you know, show and tell, isn't it? We're back to our kindergarten years where you show and tell. And that's what you effectively described in the clinic where you showed one of the other clinicians how it could be done in a different way to make everybody's life easier and better with still preserving quality. So it helps bring those colleagues on and spread the word.
1: Definitely, 100%. And, and anybody that had had a look and a little play around with it has been pleasantly surprised, I think. I mean, obviously, different clinicians will use it for different reasons. But certainly from a nursing perspective, we found it hugely beneficial and it's really enhanced our service, actually.
0: Well, I'm delighted to hear that. And, you know, when there are, you do find a technology that works and you embed it inside your pathway, because The digital tool should not replace the pathway of care. So I like to call it digitally enabled care rather than digital care. And I think that's a fundamental difference. But let's say you get the nice tool and this is advice for other entrepreneurs, other who might be listening to this podcast. How can they get inside the NHS? How can they get their products adopted? You know, what are your top tips for other people who want to get involved and and make patient's life better
1: I think it's really important and and remembering again, although we're using some digital technology now, ultimately for me, you know, personally, is delivering really good quality care to patients and the patients are are the the most important person in this and patient experience is very important and making sure that you are delivering that high quality care and documentation for nursing, again, essential. So I think if you're going to develop any kind of technology, it can look amazing and it can do lots of things, but actually practicality and user-friendly and not too time-consuming. So when you dig down underneath it all and if you're using it practically on a day-to-day basis it needs to be easy to use it needs to be quite quick it needs to be user-friendly it needs to be able to be adaptable to to different patients for different uses so I think if you are thinking of developing something just keep in mind the people who are using it are very busy and have busy clinics and need to be able to access and, and send out information quickly and easily but also be able to Document and capture that information they're sending out because documentation is really important, particularly when you're dealing with patients and their care. So I think for me, the top tips are definitely user friendly, time saving and easy to use.
0: Mm, that's really, really important. And also, knowing and, and building a relationship with the clinicians who are using it, you'll find how you can relieve the pressure points off their time. As mm. you mentioned, it was a bit easier for us because we're all clinicians delivering a tool for our clinicians and we are used to dealing with patients. But there might be entrepreneurs who have excellent solutions out there who maybe don't have that clinician insight and, and they probably should partner with clinicians in order to deploy their tools across the healthcare service.
1: 100% that was actually a point I was going to make that you should really definitely have somebody who's working in that environment because they can give you the best view of what's needed and how how it would be used so as you say you can be you know the best technology person in the world but if you don't have somebody who's on the ground working with the patients on a day to day basis then you know it's difficult to provide something that's user-friendly so 100% having somebody on board I think who knows the system is really really important as well.
0: Mm, And now putting on sort of my entrepreneur's hat I mean from the entrepreneur's perspective if you do all that and you engage the clinicians and you build a really good tool that does save time, is of high quality and improves the patient's experience, I mean, you're still not guaranteed that the managers who hold the funding will actually adopt this. And also you as the clinician might find a wonderful tool, like I'm delighted to hear that you love using Iona, but at the end of the day, can you influence the process and advocate to get technology adopted that makes your life easier? Whose decision is it and and how do entrepreneurs get their tools commissioned in the NHS? Like how do they go about it? It's a common question I hear.
1: I think any manager or CEO or head of IT in in the country would would be very open and and pleased to hear that their departments are saving time and being able to deliver high quality care and document everything accordingly. So I think if you have a department who are using digital technology and the patient feedback is really good, the staff feedback is really good, the staff are saving themselves time, you know, then why wouldn't they want to take that on and at least have a little listen and see how it works and how it's used. So I think if you feedback to your managers that you're using something that isn't effectively delivering high quality care, you know, at the level that 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 hospital would want and saving your staff time and enabling your staff to do more of their clinical work throughout the day, then I think anybody would want to sit up and have a listen about something like that. So I think from an entrepreneurial point of view, it's creating something that you know is enhancing a service and then any manager in the world would be happy to hear that. You know, the patient experience is the key thing here and delivering high quality care. So.
0: And having the environment, I mean, I think you're very fortunate because your CEO, Joe Harrison, is a trailblazer whose vision is to digitise as much as possible in the NHS whilst preserving patient experience and in fact I'm going to be interviewing him next week and I'm really excited to hear how he's going to change the wheels of the bigger organisation in order that people like you and patients you serve can actually optimise what you're doing Mm -hmm. and that it's a sustainable solution long term rather than just one that comes in today and then there's a new one tomorrow. We need sustainable digital technology.
1: And this is not to replace your hands-on patient care. This is not about digitalizing all of your service. This is about parts of the service that are repetitive and that can be delivered digitally. So it's not to take away from the face-to-face hands-on nursing patient approach. It's just a part of our job that we can streamline and that we can save time. For that reason, it's to enhance our service, not replace our service.
0: I think that's actually a really, really important point. And in fact, a spinal surgeon, David Bell at King's College, I interviewed a couple of weeks ago, made that point that from a surgeon's perspective anyway, remote care cannot replace face to face. You still need to build a rapport. You still need to gain the trust of your patient. And sometimes, you know, Zoom falls short of that and deploying a a quick digital solution. But this is not instead of, it's in addition to
1: Yes, 100%. And, you know, in, instead of in some cases where people can't come face to face, it's giving people more options and it's being able to deliver that care remotely where before you, you you we weren't able to provide that. So it would never to be replace our care because as a rheumatology service, we need to see our patients face to face more often than not. But it, this just enhances our service rather than replaces our face to face element of our service.
0: Yeah, I think that's really, really important. And, you know, this podcast is about exploring ways of enabling people live longer, healthier lives. And that includes the clinicians like your good self and myself, who do spend a lot of time with patients and that we have to use our time the most effective way to help the maximum number of people. And with all these people on waiting list after the pandemic and operations, procedures, appointments being cancelled, I think there's no choice but to innovate, to actually mm-hmm. um, leverage our resources. Do you agree?
1: A hundred percent. I mean, this is only a good thing. So I think if this had happened 10, 15 years ago, the waiting list would probably be much longer and patients would be waiting much longer to come for appointments and receive their treatment and receive their education. So for me, it's come at the right time when we are trying to, I suppose, pick ourselves back up and get back on track. So obviously you had a lot of staff redeployment and clinics being cancelled and face-to-face appointments being cancelled. So actually, I feel like this has moved us on and picked us up much quicker than it would have in other circumstances.
0: Mm, it's always light at the end of the tunnel and timing is everything, isn't it? Definitely. Well, look, Nicola, thank you so much for giving up your time today. I hugely appreciate it. And I think you've given some amazing tips for your nursing colleagues, your doctor colleagues, the managers in your hospital, entrepreneurs who may be thinking of innovating around pathways of care and for the patients, and most importantly. And thank you so much. Thanks for having me, Millie. You're very welcome. And thanks to my listeners. I hope you enjoyed that conversation as much as I did. And it sparks your interest in what's happening across the health service in terms of digital solutions and the issues that are important to the people at the front line of care who are delivering service to our society. And join me next week when I have the pleasure to interview Nicholas, CEO at Milton Keynes University Hospital, which is considered a trailblazer for innovative digital solutions across the UK. And I'm very excited to talk to Joe about the sustainable digital solutions and what the future looks like. So if you want to leave any feedback, please feel free to do so at Hello at Live Longer, the podcast, or drop us a review on Apple Podcasts. Thanks for listening. Bye for now.